0: Particle would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the traditional owners of the land we record on, the Wadjuk people. We also acknowledge the role of Aboriginal people as the first scientists in Australia. Welcome to the Particle podcast where we talk about science and the people who just love it. I'm your host, Rose Kerr, and this season we're talking all things environmental. Today I am joined by trapdoor spider expert, Dr Leander Mason. Stop by to talk about what goes on in those little trapdoors and why we should all love spiders. In this episode, you might notice my audio is a little bit soft. Please bear with us, we had some audio issues. I promise it's worth listening in to hear Leander's story. Welcome to the podcast, Leander.
1: Thank you, Rose. Good to be here.
0: What do you do?
1: I do spiders. Uh, I do research on (laughs) spiders (laughs) that sounded a bit weird didn't it yes uh yeah I that's my passion research is to research spiders ecology and conservation uh specifically trapdoor spiders Uh, but I teach something completely different at university I teach academic integrity and research skills to first year science students that's my, my that's my job
0: what's it like teaching first year
1: students it's actually quite fun um I think a lot of students get to university having very solid, preconceived notion of what science actually is. Yeah. Um, and questioning that is such fun. Seeing them go on this journey of, oh wow, actually everything is not just fact. Mm. Um, there is bias in science and there is like, things you have to be aware of, vested interests and things like that. Why did you
0: decide to work?
1: with spiders because not everyone loves spiders at least <laughs> no really <laughs> why wouldn't you love spiders um I actually don't know why people don't love spiders <laughs> I do find that a mystery I love spiders because well I've, I've never been scared of spiders for to begin with I've always loved everything like creepy crawly and in the undergrowth I've just like anything that I can see scuttling around I'm just like that's pretty cool um I used to have pet snails growing up, for example. (laughs) Um, My sisters actually were pretty horrible about it. They tricked me into thinking that the snail food at the hardware shop was actually snail food, not something that might kill my little snail friends. Um, It's okay, my mum intervened at the last minute, but I was pretty upset that someone would actually just want to kill snails. So, like, I just didn't have this fear or... Like I, I was just genuinely confused when I was young that people wouldn't like the same things that I liked. Um, as I grew up, uh, I made that more official. I did a, a zoology degree, conservation biology, um, because I wanted to save my, my little crits. Uh, turns out not everybody felt the same way. <laughs> um, but I was lucky enough to meet someone who did, and that was Barbara York, Maine.
0: <coughs> The late Barbara York-Maine was an arachnologist, professor, poet, author and all-round impressive scientist. Along with many other achievements, she had 22 species and three genre of spiders named after her. Barbara's mentee was Leander, and Leander carries on her work understanding the intricate world of trapdoor spiders.
1: And I met her in my the beginning of my second year at university. Um, after having a bit of a whinge to one of the um, professors there about how little content there was about the things that I was interested in because I was very self-absorbed at that age, which I'm very understanding of people who are now. You do grow out of it. It's fine. Um, But I was very fortunate to meet Barbara because, yeah, she... I walked into her office after being um, introduced by the late Brenton Knott And he was just like, oh, this is Barbara. And she just like immediately showed me her trapdoor spider that was sitting in a pot planter next to her desk.
0: Like just hanging
1: out? Well, they say hanging. They're um, they're in burrows. So they live in burrows. They don't move from burrows. They're kind of like plants in that sense. It's like they're completely sedentary. They've got their roots down. That's their burrow. That's what they rely on um and there was a grate over the top I think that was probably more to assure other people rather than her because she obviously had no fear but it had yeah a metal grating on it that said live spider and then she opened it and fed it something and it like jumped out and grabbed it like really quick and I'd never seen a trapdoor spider before in my life didn't know what they were and this is someone who genuinely seeks out these kinds of animals is completely interesting, And, yeah, the fact that I hadn't seen it or heard of him or anything, I was just, like, my mind was absolutely blown. And I just hung off her <laughs> for, like, the next 10 years, essentially. So, yeah, she was very patient with me. Gave me all of her papers and books to read. And I was just... I think I was enamoured with her as well because, you know, to have an academic, a female academic of that age, like, I met her when she was 79 and I was 19. Wow. Um, so there was a 60 year age gap but we, we managed
0: <laughs> what a great role model to have throughout your studies
1: yeah I was very lucky
0: aside from the people thinking more about the spiders themselves what is it like to work with spiders what what are they actually like Cause I don't think I've ever gotten close enough to one to really <laughs> analyze its behavior
1: uh, it's interesting because the behavior varies so incredibly much between not just like types of spider like the bigger types of spiders, you know, like the difference between a huntsman and say like a redback spider or something. Like you can tell that there's going to be huge behavioral differences between that. But even between species that are closely related, like the trapdoor spiders, they all kind of do the same thing in the ecological niche. They're kind of, they all sit in the same spot. They all sit and wait predators, you know, but their personalities are just so different. Their behavior is so different. It's kind of like, so my favorite, the shieldback trapdoor spider, She's got this like really hardened abdomen, mm. so it's like heavily sclerotized. You can kind of tap on it, and it will sound like a you're tapping on a door. Wow. Um Whereas a lot of the other spiders, they got like kind of soft, squishy abdomens, and you have to be like really careful with them. Um, oh, my heart broke when I was doing my honors project because my favorite spider. Sorry, this is a bit of a digression. That's the my favorite spider. Like I loved her so much um, because she was just such a good eater. She was massive, and you know she would always take the food um, because I was really worried that they wouldn't eat like because they were so stressed but she always would Um, and it was like maybe 30 centimetres off the ground I was transferring her from her living jar which I, you know, the housing tried to make it as comfortable as possible transferred her from that to the um, it's called a respirometer it's like to measure the metabolic rates and stuff but it was like a fridge um, that sealed and it was measuring the um, the oxygen consumption, carbon dioxide output. So it was like a sealed container within that. And then she dropped to the ground, and her abdomen like split right up the centre. And I just, as soon as the abdomen split, I mean that's it, like they're dead. And I just cried, yeah. like I was so upset. My supervisor, who's this like, he's lovely, um, Phil Weathers, He he still works at UWA actually. Um, but he got really flustered and didn't know what to do. He was just like, this, there's this honour student that's like crying over a spider. Like, and I can understand, it's a bit strange. Um, but he went and got, <laughs> it was really, sweet. he went and got the secretary of the school who just like made me a cup of tea and like got me a biscuit and was like, there, there, <laughs> like over a spider. Um, but that was really nice that, you know, they couldn't quite understand why I was so upset, but they were trying to. Trying to um, support me. It was nice.
0: Why do they have such a hard?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do um, we, we do. It's part of their behaviour. Yeah. So when uh, shield-backed trapdoor spiders, again, my favourite spider, not individual, but favourite <laughs> favorite species, um, we get them in Perth, actually, at Kings Park. Oh. But they have this burrow structure that's kind of like, the top part is kind of like a funnel in the sense that it's got, like, it's quite wide. But then it constricts quite rapidly. So it's kind of... And the reason it does that is so that they can turn around in the top entrance, the atrium, is what Barbara used to call it, they can turn around and then scoot down the burrow um, going forwards because usually they come up going the same way. So they'll sit going up facing towards the, the entrance of the burrow and then scuttle back down the same way. But for shieldbacks, the reason that they can turn around is so that they can use their abdomen to block the burrow.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a way of defending their burrow from predators coming oh, in.
0: Sticking a little
1: hard butt out. Yep. That's so fun. I it oh the funnest part is like you see them and they've got the little bum sticking out because you can see it, and then you kind of just like tickle it, and you can just feel their little abdomen hairs. <laughs> So they're abdum, I call it, like the abdabum <laughs>
0: hairs. That's an so easy
1: way to remember. Uh, yeah, but they're, uh, yeah, they're cute. And then there you've got other ones that are quite aggressive, or oh, defensive, I should say, because I don't think any spider's actually aggressive. Like, mm. You're just this giant that's, you know, disturbing them, and they're like, oh, please go away. Yeah, I'm going to rear up and hope that you leave. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to say it, but, like, people who are scared just think you can just squish them. <laughs> Um, Like, they are so defenceless and they are so vulnerable, and yet you're scared of them.
0: Are many spiders in, say, the southwest poisonous? Uh,
1: Venomous? Yeah, venomous. Uh, Yeah, I don't recommend going around eating a whole bunch of spiders (laughs) to see if they're poisonous, but... um, Yeah, no, uh, most spiders will have venom. There's, like, one genus that doesn't produce venom, which is a bit of an oddball. But, yeah, no, they all have venom. There's only... Two species in Australia that, can, that are considered medically significant, mm-hmm. and that's the Sydney funnel worm, and mouse spiders. And people were like, "Oh, what about redbacks yeah, though?" I, was just I know, I could see it in your face." I'm like, <laughs> "But I will tell you." Um, so redbacks, there was a guy that was bitten in Perth, I think, or like around Perth uh, a couple of years ago, and he got an infection in the bite. But it wasn't actually the venom that killed him, and I, I sound really insensitive talking about that. But I'm kind of like, but, but I mean, technically, he didn't die from the venom. Yeah, um, That's a pretty big distinction. It is, and I don't. I mean, I am very sorry for the family. Um, but yeah, in terms of like people actually dying from spider venom, it hasn't happened for like sixty years or something. So that's such a big. For, sorry, from redback spider yeah, venom. Forever. Yes. Um, and I don't think anyone's. I think it's like forty-four years or something. It's in my. It's in the conversation yeah. article, so you guys can go look it up and get the facts yeah. completely straight. Are spiders a threatened
0: species? Well, not. I know it's not a species, but are they a group that's considered endangered
1: or threatened? Uh, yes, uh, especially trapdoor spiders. Although, unfortunately, because a lot of people don't study invertebrates generally because there's a lot of um, challenges with studying invertebrates. It's um, There's just so many of them. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest thing. Like you said, species before, there are so many species yeah. of insects and spiders that it's actually really hard to identify a species and figure out whether or not it is endangered because it just... That is, that it's called data deficiency. Like mm-hmm. there's just not enough people looking. There's not enough data being gathered that you can, with any great certainty, say that yes, that that species is is in imminent danger of going extinct. I, I'm not going to say the nice thing. The sad thing about trapdoor spiders is because they don't go anywhere. They are actually really easy to keep tabs on. Oh yeah. Um, and we know, based on their life history, that they are endangered because they are so terrible at life no um so their their life strategy doesn't suit the environment anymore Mm. like it used to be really effective in terms of like the staying power of trapdoor spiders was really good like they could survive drought they could survive going without food for a very long time because they got such a low metabolic rate um that they can just shack up for a while and just ride it out but in this day and age it's like habitat clearance that's Mm. really threatening them first and foremost for like pretty much any native species but then, after that, it's invasive weed species. Oh,
0: they're actually... Like, it's plant?
1: Yeah, okay. It's because, it, yeah, it's almost like competition in terms of yeah. space, but it, like, it also just chokes them out in terms of the prey that they're eating isn't supported by that new plant coming through. Mm-hmm. So they get less prey availability and less, mm-hmm. um, like, space to live. Like, they can't do their thing because they're so reliant on, like, a really special habitat. So yeah. they, they rely on, like, native... Plant species, leaf litter, for one, like they're very, you know, particular about where they'll set up their burrow. And then, yeah, they just starve to death when invasive spe- uh, invasive weeds come through, so... i never
0: thought about that connection before.
1: Me neither. I was not predicting that in my thesis whatsoever. <laughs> so is that part of
0: your
1: <clears throat> thesis? No, my PhD thesis, yeah. I was looking at the th- major threatening processes in urban areas. <laughs>
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about trapdoor spiders themselves? Because you talked about
1: them a lot, but I, I've never seen one before, so... Yeah. I will elaborate on the life history. Yeah. Because it's quite interesting in terms of, like, what you'd predict for a spider. Like, usually we see spiders and they live, like, a couple of years, maybe. Um, they produce a lot of offspring very quickly. And then, you know, you think that they can disperse either by ballooning, like in Charlotte's Web, you know, at the end of Charlotte's Web, and, you know, they just all flew off and were happy. Some of them set up camp, which happens as well. But all um, the wolf spiders that carry around their babies on their back. Yes. Uh, so, but you can, you, and they're very mobile. So you have like orb weavers who s- sit, but then they disperse quite far. Or um, wolf spiders that can move quite large distances. Trapdoor spiders don't do either. So their dispersal is really poor because when they leave their mother's burrow after she broods them for like nine months in the burrow. Wow. Um yeah, get to their age, so (laughs) they can live for a very long time. Um, so in their mother's burrow and then they will leave and maybe go a couple of metres, up to a hundred metres maybe, if they're lucky to like put down a burrow. It's not far. It is not far, and then they will live there their whole life. Um, and I say whole life, the males are the ones that go around to find females to mate with. They're so polite. I'm like, Oh man, consent. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Rare in the animal world. I know, right? Um, But to be fair, you probably get eaten if you weren't consenting as a spider. So, um, valid reasons. (laughs) I love. I love that those that were not consenting were like eaten. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Eat the patriarchy. Uh, Anyway. So yeah. They'll. But they're quite blind. So they. Um, find their prey by, like, vibrations coming along. I said before that they'll sit and wait predators. So they'll sit at the edge of their burrow and have their little tootsies out on just on, on the edge, the rim of their burrow, and then they'll feel the vibrations, either through, like, twig lines, which they've attached to the rim, which acts as, like, a web, you know, like, with orb weavers. They have, like, the... And then they can feel the vibrations, and they leap out and grab it. Or they'll just, you know, have some very thin webbing to detect. So they're very blind. Yeah. Um... When the males reach... Because, you know, they're just not worth investing in eyes. Eyes are expensive energy, too, through development. Um, so the males are really quite blind. And in order to find the females to mate with, the females put out a silk doily um, around the rim of their burrow. So it's like that lacy stuff um, that has pheromones in it. Wow. So the males are attracted to the pheromones and then they go stumbling blindly towards love um, it's well, an euphemism. <laughs> They're trying to get laid. Um, but it's kind of cool. Uh, so I'll tell you how they make, because it's... If your audience is about 20-something, then yeah. they'll appreciate this. <laughs> so the um, males, before they leave, they make a little silk mat, like a little hanky, yeah. ejaculate onto it. Great, <laughs> yeah. And then they've got these structures at the front of the... near their mouths, actually. So they kind of act like hands in females. Okay. Um, so you might see spiders and you're like, oh, they've got ten legs. But actually the front two are these pedipalps that I'm talking about. Okay. In the males, they're the sexual organs. Oh. Um, and they can get quite elaborate uh, between different species of spiders. Which is, And I love it because in taxonomy it's like that's how you figure out, that's how you describe spiders is looking at their male bits, oh. which are these pedipalps, um, because they're species specific. So what he does is he like sucks up the semen from the silk hanky in these like turkey based type structures (laughs) carries it around like a fistful of sperm um drunkenly stumbling towards like a female to mate with and he's like honestly they look like they're drunk because they're so blind yeah yeah, they're so blind um and so they're just stumbling fistful of sperm you can just imagine it like um knocking ever so politely on the the female's door and then she'll let him in, and um, he'll grapple her to like, because he's got these spurs on his other legs that'll just like hold them down.
0: So they need
1: some new legs, obviously. <sighs> it, it gets messy. I'm like, this is so kinky. Barbara was telling me completely straight face, because wow. you know she's she was like 80 something, and she's just like, this is very seriously, and like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you're shit. Yeah. Like that's how they mate. I was pissing myself laughing, like. What's your name? This is the kinkiest stuff. And I'd never heard about that either, yeah. so it was like... But to be delivered that information from someone, like...
0: Yeah.
1: Like, oh, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and she must have thought I was so immature about it, but I just loved it. That anyway. Is. So, yeah, he'll, he'll grapple her, get her into position, and then use his hand to, like, wow. insert the sperm into her um, spider vagina.
0: What a strange evolution, like, development in evolution.
1: It is weird, but it's so good for taxonomy because that pedipel fits perfectly into her vagina so it's like and it's species specific so to get more serious that's why they're always looking at the male petty palps is because it's like you can actually describe species based on that and just that that's why like all of the taxonomy journals it's just photos of male (laughs) genitalia it's an interesting world out
0: there (sighs) isn't it just so they end up going to live on for a, a long time
1: yeah, so the males they leave their, their burrows. So they'll they'll live in the same burrow like five to seven years before they reach sexual maturity. Um That's a long time. it is a long time. Um and I've brought specimens actually because the males have much longer legs. Mm. So they are quite well designed to to walk far, but the females are super stout because they just never move. Like they don't need to walk ever. Um but yeah, so the males five to seven years, the females just continue to live like Indefinitely. 43 years, it's the oldest recorded trapdoor spider. That's the oldest record in the world of a spider as well, which was out in Tamman, by the way, local West Australians. Oh. Our proud local spider that lived how, forever. How did we know that
0: she, A, was there and B, was 43,
1: did we say? So, yeah, I think it was 43. Yes. Don't question me. <laughs> it was 43. Um so the answer to both those questions is Barbara. Mm. So Barbara lived in Taman as a young girl. Mm. Uh, has a lot of she had a lot of um, a deep connection to that that area of the world. She wrote a book, book on it called Between Wajol and Tor, which is uh, it's really yeah it's it's a beautiful ode to the area. So yeah, she was she went out there and did a survey, found this the population. It was only it's only a small population in terms of, like there's maybe 70 spiders but they cluster because of their distribution like not going very far so she kept tabs on these guys t- kept tabs as in like put metal stakes with numbers next to them as you would for a tray perhaps and went and checked on them like every six months or so for 40 years wow. that's dedication right we're gonna jump across
0: this some. Questions from the rest of the particle team. Mm-hmm. I think I already know your answer to this. <laughs> but uh, we're going to ask it anyway. If you find a spider in your house, you have a few options. Okay, which option should you go with? A, kill it. <laughs> B, get a cup and a magazine, scoop and release. Leave it, name it, and put it on your lease. <laughs> Move out. Or E, start catching spiders outside and bring them into your house and of a
1: sudden, (laughs) Oh I love that someone actually wrote that. Uh, Definitely the last one, which is what I do. Like, I actually take spiders from... Yeah, so I I brought a whole bunch of daddy long legs in and tried to establish a population within my room because I was getting so frustrated with how many mosquitoes were coming in every night. Yeah. um, And I've got a black house spider called Beatrice 2 who just caught a blowfly recently and i was just I like love i love it. you so much right now <laughs> yeah.
0: if you're gonna let them like live in your ceiling or on your ceiling is there anything you can do to make the environment little comfy
1: for them? so i have thought about this in the past because i was thinking of like and this is not misinformation so much as like taking the piss out of um pest control <laughs> i really wanted to sell uh daddy long legs in like own little housing environments and be like this is pest control <gasps> Because they eat the bugs, yeah Yay. but it would be like an environmentally sustainable um Cute. you know no pesticides yep. pesticide free pest control <laughs> yeah organic yeah like really <laughs> like exactly friendly. just you could really sell it i mean you could frame it and yeah. be like do you want this product and then give them like a dirty yeah. long legs i would just love that but yeah you could easily do that like just give them something to put their web in because that's all they need yeah um, the black house spiders and the daddy long legs in particular Houses are so conducive because it matches their natural environment Like where they would sit naturally Where would they sit naturally? Um, so I pointed out a black house spider nest to my friend As we were walking through Herdsman Lake the other day And she was like, oh my god, that's what they look like in the wild? And I'm like, yeah It's like exactly the same oh. Except in the bark of a tree Nice. At about the same height. Yeah. So you know how there's like window ceiling sills? Yeah. That's pretty much where they hang out. Oh. It's in that area.
0: This is a question from Rocky who's actually on holidays at the moment.
1: Oh, I know Rocky. Us. <laughs> yeah, he left us with a question. He yep.
0: said, what eye arrangement would you have if you're a spider?
1: I would probably be a very cute jumping spider because everyone loves jumping spiders because they've got those big eyes because they're hunters. They like oh. they need that depth perception. Yeah so I mean you probably to relate it to mammals it's like you know all of the like lions and stuff will all have their their eyes at the front of their head Mm -hmm. um and that's for depth perception that's to like jump on things whereas all of the you know herbivores and food um is on the side of their head because they're kind of like just detecting Mm -hmm. um jumping spiders kind of have both uh like they're the ultimate they're hunters and they're prey so they're kind of Oh, they're just amazing. And they're cute. Yeah. Have you seen I peacock so. spiders? Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah, the peacock spiders, oh, Yeah. they're so they cute. They do have their really big eyes at the front. Yeah, they're sweet. That's a very good choice.
1: Yeah, because I want to be loved. Even, like, if I'm going to be a spider, I want to be a yeah, loved I'll spider. Be- yeah, <laughs> a cute one.
0: If you're going to rebrand spiders, what features would you put, make sure that everyone knows, in order to kind of give them a better around what's, like, some of the best things about spiders?
1: Yeah. No, I think the insect stuff, they're... I mean, I find the diversity just so interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, in and of itself, it's kind of like, if you can think of any terrestrial niche, like, anything on land, they've pretty much inhabited it. Like, there's diving spiders, which, like, they have, like, little air bubbles, and then they dive for fish. Like, that's an adaptation. Like, there's just so many cool things. There's
0: spiders that go in the water.
1: Yep, and there's spiders that can survive underwater for a very long time. Like, the tarantulas up north in, in northern Queensland. Yeah. Um, their burrows get flooded and they just sit underwater. They're like, oh, yeah. Because they can close up their book lungs. They just, like, wow. chill for a bit. Um, completely see it like the water's not getting into their exoskeleton. So they're just like, yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what else? that's an adapt- adaptation from just the most lazy spider. Like, it's doesn't oh, yeah. have, have to move. It's really <laughs> adapted just so it can stay put no matter what the conditions. The, well, that's trapdoor spiders in, in, in themselves. Like, they have adapted to persist okay. um yeah they're really inspiring like that actually they dig deep <laughs> how <laughs> many science, how many spider puns do you have oh so i had a i i, I love puns i don't know if rocky told you he's, he, he's like <laughs> It's <laughs> um, of love puns. so i won a pun competition when i was in canberra I was there for a, a conference, and my friend was like, oh, you like puns, let's go watch. And I was like, oh, at that. I'll sign up for the competition. Um, so I did, and I won. Oh, my did! And my, my stage name was Pun Defeated. Um, and I remain Pun Defeated. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, but, yeah, the reason I won, though, was because the last suggestion yeah. was Spiders. And the only reason someone suggested it was because there was like a cooperative round where it was like me and another person, we had to get as many as we could wow. in time span. And I was just like, we were talking in the wings and I was like, oh yeah, I study spiders. And she's like, that's really weird. And I'm like, yeah, but I love it. And she suggested it when she was out. And She um,
0: should know it would mean
1: she'd lose. Well, no, she, she'd already lost, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, she was really nice though. And the reigning champion, who is this guy who just never got beaten, um, was up against me but the only reason it was sheer stamina like she suggested it and i just had all of these spider ponds already oh. ready to go and i was just like it was that's perfect honestly it was about 10 minutes of spider ponds <laughs> like dream that's amazing yeah i can't believe it's a pun competition it's fantastic yeah in canberra if anyone's visiting canberra it's yeah it's really good to go to it's a lot of fun yeah do you reckon you could train a spider why yes i do I'll live it at that. <laughs> um, I, I reckon you could with some spiders, like jumping spiders I was talking about before, who've got that really good eyesight. Um, I reckon you could, and they would respond well to traits. So it's traits like <laughs> jump when I say jump. Um, for, tra- uh, for jumping spiders, it depends on the species. There are jumping spiders that exclusively eat other jumping spiders or spiders. Um, yeah, so I would choose one that, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the easiest to train would probably be ones with like flies, mm. but then you might have to pull the wings off the flies. That was really dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, or you could breed wingless flies, which you can do. Yeah.
0: With the trapdoor spiders, mm. how do they burrow? How big are the burrows?
1: How are they making them? Oh, that's a very good question, and I'm <laughs> so glad you asked. Um, so. When they're spiderlings, I say they they leave their mother's burrow. So what baby spiders are called? Spiderlings? I know, isn't it the cutest? <laughs> I could hug the person that named yeah, them that. um a great name. Um, apparently Puggles were named after... Like, they weren't called Puggles before that. They were called Kits or something. But then someone wrote a children's book, and then it just kind of caught on. And now it's like the official... So I don't know how official spiderlings is, but everyone calls them spiderlings, so now it is official. Um, so yeah, anyway, when they're spiderlings, they're quite small. So, you know, um, I'm showing... My hand in a podcast, I realise the irony. <laughs> um, a Yeah, ma- maybe a centimetre. Um, they're not big at all. Depending on the species, they can get really tiny. Um, but the biggest ones are still very small. So they'll leave their mother's burrow, dig a, dig a burrow. Every year, um, Their subsequent molts when they're quite young, which is called instars. But every time they molt, um, and it becomes a year as they get older, they will widen their burrow. So they'll actually, like, it's it's quite interesting because you can see when they've just recently relined because there's all this, like, dirt chucked out the front <laughs> and there's a little burrow, like, really oh. obvious. Um, but, yeah, they'll take down the lining because they, they line the entire s- the burrows with silk. Wow. So it's, like, silk walls the whole way down. Um, and the burrow lid is also made out of silk um, with, like, soil debris attached to the, the top part yeah, oh yeah, they camouflage it. Like That's why they're so hard to spot. Yeah. Um, but they also have some saliva as well that goes into the mix, so it's it's quite a nice paste, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, so they'll take down their walls and then they'll excavate. I think they probably do it slowly, yeah. um, but they, they pretty much have to do it before they molt because wow. once they molt, they're going to be a bit bigger yeah. and they might not fit in their burrow if they don't do that. So. Like
0: putting, like, an extension on your house.
1: Exactly, As you get the pandemic pudge. Mm-hmm. Um, I need another house <laughs> at the moment. Uh, so, But there are different species of trapdoor spiders. So the geospheleosis is probably the biggest one in WA. Tarantulas are also part of the same infra-order, so they're closely related. And you know how big they can get the bird-eating spiders, like the size of a plate. Wow. Um, but the guys are pretty big too. I'd say they're probably the size of it. Like a tea plate, a tea, wow, you know, they're, they're, they are they're massive um, and they're heavy because they're like the armored trapdoor spiders are bulky, um, yeah. Like the ones I was doing for my honors, they were like two grams, which is like the same weight as small mice. Yeah. So they they are heavy as well as like big, uh, but then conversely, you can get really tiny ones that are like almost microscopic. Uh, down south, that live in tiny little burrows oh. and they're fully grown, it's just they're just really small.
0: We've all heard the myth that I just, you can remember being in primary school, I remember being like, like, I think I was in the playground and someone telling me that daddy long legs, the spiders that I really liked, just so poisonous, the most poisonous spider, but their little fangs were too tiny and so for humans it couldn't get through the skin and so it wouldn't hurt you. <laughs> is that true or false?
1: That is false. I'm it, in both ways, like I think uh, their venom has been tested, and it's not that potent. It's definitely not dangerous to humans. Uh, they do not produce that much venom, probably be- just because of their size. But um, I think if they really wanted to bite you, they could. <laughs> they're very placid, though. I mean, yeah. as a, it's not their style to try and bite someone anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it's like fear mongering. Yeah. Someone's scared of spiders, and they're kind of like, you know what? I'm going to try and make everybody else scared of spiders as well. Yeah. Um, like, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that that was a myth that was perpetuated. Um, and it was also... I want to follow that up with another myth because it's something that I get asked a lot with the white spiders, whether or not they cause that narcotic effect with the, the skin dying around the wound and creating big scars. Um, that was debunked about 10 years ago by Mark Harvey at the museum here. Um, and they did a study of like all of these confirmed white-tail spider bites, and not true. Not true. Um, and I think the problem with those myths is that people see the bite, or like they see this thing happening, um, and they're like, "Oh, you know what that is? That must be a white-tail spider because I've heard that that's what happens." And that's why it gets perpetuated. Yeah. But it doesn't explain because it's not true. Yeah. Um, but we're not actually quite sure what does do that. Like I think it's. There was um, discussion, speculations about it being a bacteria okay. that can be carried on like multiple organisms, so it's like it could just be perpetuated that way. How many people study spiders? Or like maybe three sets? in
0: Perth? Or? Yeah, I we'll <laughs> start with
1: maybe in Perth. Yeah, because in Perth it's me studying conservation ecology. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, Mark Harvey at the museum who does a lot of taxonomy stuff. I think he does have some background in ecology as well. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasts, but I think in terms of, like, official researchers, that's probably... That's insane. ...it.
0: And if we said, you know... He works at the museum. That's kind of one area you can go into. What mm. kinds of role? Like, who needs people who study science? As spiders. Like, I mean, everyone
1: does. let be real. Who needs it? Yeah. But like, what kinds of roles does that work into? Uh, so taxonomy is probably the biggest one because it's the greatest need. So, and that's what I mean. I say amateur, but really, these amateurs like know way more about spiders than I do. So it's not like by any means diminishing their, their expertise. It's kind of like, in terms of being part of academia or, like, paid to do what you do. I don't get paid to do what I do, just to clarify. Mm-hmm. I wish I did. But for some reason, people won't pay me to, to conserve spiders. I don't know why. Um, it's It's one of those things that's considered, like, not needed. But I think it's, like, there are applications now, and it's kind of sad that we've only realised so late in the game mm-hmm. after, like, clearing all of this land that, oh, maybe actually spider venom can have all of these uses like maybe there was a cure for cancer in or cancers i'm sorry that i know that there's lots of different cancers um but i mean we could have helped humanity a lot Mm. to have access to those biochemicals but now we're just like oh wow it's it's almost like an afterthought there is a venom lab in uq university of queensland um that specialize in looking at venoms and they're doing some great stuff with sydney funnel webs like it was like post stroke treatments and wow. um, non addictive painkillers. like, yeah, amazing. Targeted insecticides. Oh. I don't know, all of those things that could really greatly benefit um, humanity, mm-hmm. uh, like medicine, especially. It was just like, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've lost so many species, we'll never know. Yeah. And we never really, and there's species that we never discovered that went extinct before we could document them so as a conservationist i'm kind of like or an ecologist conservationist i'm i really trying to stop things going extinct before we can make proper studies of it because i think in the future there probably will be people the resources available to do that Mm. um but at the moment i'm just trying to keep the information alive absolutely and my i I like spiders anyway so it's like it's nice yeah to be able to do that (laughs) As we always do on the podcast, I'd love to know your favourite fun fact. Probably the 43-year-old spider. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's fun, but it's also, like, it's got that personal story behind it as well. Like, it reminds me of Barbara, and it's just the contribution that she's made to science and to my life specifically. Like, it's just, like, that's a real privilege to me to be able to have that. So, yeah, I like to share it. 100%.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Particle podcast. You can find more of our content on all of the socials as well as at particle.scitech.org.au. Particle is powered by Scitech and everything we make is made in the wonderful science hub of Western Australia of Wadjuk Country.